0: Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast, featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt.
1: Truly, isn't that, as as parents, as elders in the world, isn't that what we want? We want our children to be safe and protected. We want to be protected ourselves. And, I mean... One of the buzzwords, PPE, personal protective equipment, <laughs> that's what is, you know, you hear everybody, we're walking around with masks on, with gloves, whatever it is to protect ourselves. And so, I really started thinking about the whole idea of protection. What does that mean? What is protection and what can we count on? I remember Pretty early in this whole process of being confined to the house, there was some minister down south who said, Well, we're going to continue to be meeting in church because God will protect us. And I thought, Huh, there's something fishy about that. Uh, No pun intended, all the Christians out there. Uh, but, but I was thinking. But isn't that what we believe? Isn't don't we believe that through the power of prayer we receive protection? And yet we are not all meeting in this space. I, maybe it's the old thing that Jesus said about render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. We actually follow rules and regulations and, and believe that that's important. We believe that it's important to protect others uh, through our own actions, even when it re- requires some suffering on our part and sacrifice. But most important, I think the whole idea of protection, especially protection by God, is something that we need to explore. In the Old Testament, there are actually many stories and many um, cries out to the Lord to protect us. And either the Lord is protecting us, and therefore we are able to go forward safely, or the Lord is upset and smiting somebody. So. The the Old Testament is full of that. But I'm just going to focus on one story, which is such an interesting story. It's the story of a king who steps into power in Persia after a couple of kings before him have had a fall from grace. And he wants to do well. And there is this one particular governor he has in place, a man named Daniel, who is a very upright and spiritually grounded individual. He has been able to interpret signs that have come along correctly and been a very helpful person because he is so tuned in to the spirit within that he calls God. So he has quite a bit of power because he is trustworthy. And the other governors are jealous of him. And they are corrupt. At that time, it was taking bribes. You know, much like in many places now, was not an unusual thing. It was common practice. But he did not do that. And so they want to get rid of him. So they go to the king and they say, we think that you should make a royal proclamation saying that for the next 30 days nobody is allowed to worship any god except for you. Now, at that time, it was a common belief that the king stood in for God. And, and so worshiping the king as a god was not particularly unusual at that time. And I'm sure that that king, like many of us might be if we were in that position, had a little bit of ego involved and is thinking, well, yeah, that's a great idea. So he makes the proclamation. And the catch in this particular time and place is that once a royal edict has gone out, it cannot be changed. You can't say, oh, wait, wait, edit. Mm -mm. It's, It's out there. So he puts out the edict. And what does Daniel do? Because Daniel is loyal to the God of Israel. Daniel continues doing what he has always done. He prays devoutly three times a day to the God of Israel. The guys that are trying to get him in trouble are sure that he will do this, and they spy on him, catch him in the act of praying, and then go back and tattle to the king. But first, before they say what's happened, they say, you, rem- you remember that edict that you put out, that one that can't be changed? Well, we found somebody who is not obeying it, who is praying to a different God. Oh, says the king, Daniel, they say smugly. And so he must be destroyed because that's what the edict says. So the king is very upset about this because he treasures Daniel. But he also has this thought that maybe Daniel's God will actually save him. He's hoping for that. But he orders Daniel to be taken and thrown into a den of lions. And they put a rock over the den of lions and they seal it and he puts the king's seal on it. So that he can't get out. And the king goes back home and he fasts for the entire overnight um, and just prays himself that the God of Israel will protect Daniel. So the next morning they come down to find out what's happened. They open it and there's Daniel just sitting totally chill. The lions are sleeping kind of doing a Zeke thing, you know, maybe he did a guided visualization with them, I don't, I don't know. They, it says in the Bible, God sent his angels to seal the mouths of the, angel, of the lions, but he's he's completely unharmed. So they bring him out, and then decide, the king decides that the problem here is the ones that got him in trouble, and he he takes them and all their family and throws them into the uh, den of the lions who suddenly wake up and devour all those people. One of the reasons that a lot of people don't like the Bible and don't like the God of the Bible, because, you know, here's all these people. Some of them maybe had it coming, your call, but... Their families certainly did not, and yet they were done in by the lion. So why was Daniel protected? Is it because he sucked up to God and God liked him better? Do we have to do things to get God to protect us? When bad things happen, is it because God is smiting us in some way? You know, these are questions that people have because the Bible is so embedded in our culture. Even if you yourself have never cracked open that book, it's still in your consciousness because it's in our culture. It's like the air we breathe. You can't avoid it. So what I would like to offer is that we look at this story from a metaphysical view and stop thinking it was ever intended to be a literal story. Instead, let's look at the idea of who these characters represent. So the king, the king is the ruler. And so it's the part of ourselves that rules our thoughts, that rules our actions, the one that directs what we do. And this ruler wants to be a good person. This ruler is attracted toward the higher thoughts, the spiritual thoughts represented by Daniel. This ruler wants that kind of life, that kind of influence. But there's these other people involved who are corrupt that are interfering with that process. So let's look at, as the ruler of our own lives or the creator of our own lives would be another way to say it, what are the things that we are drawn toward? What are the spiritual possibilities that we just shimmer? The dreams that are like... (gasps) Could I really do that? What are those for each one of us that we're so drawn to like hummingbirds to the feeder? And what are the corrupting thoughts that want to interfere with that? So maybe it's a thought that says, oh, you're not good enough. It's a thought that says, Nobody would be interested in that. Maybe it's a thought that everybody's going down. Just deal with it. Maybe it's a thought that says you're not important. You don't matter. You can't. Whatever that, those are corrupt thoughts. They are not in integrity, meaning they are not part of your wholeness. But if you as the ruler turn and listen to them, then you endanger the part of you that is divine, that is filled with light, that lifts itself up. So it's important that you as the ruler of your life make a choice. Are you going to listen to the corrupt ones or are you going to listen to the spiritual Daniel in you? If you do, if you put your energy on Daniel, that spiritual self, then protection comes as part of that package because that spiritual self is vibrating at a higher level. So, spoiler alert, this does not mean that if you're out in the jungle and a hungry lion comes by, you're not going to get eaten. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that you will not die of coronavirus. It doesn't mean that you won't get hit by a car or that you won't lose your job. That's not what protection means. The circumstances of the material world, the things that we want to protect our children from, we cannot control those. What we get to control is the higher vibration. What do we make those circumstances mean? What do we tell ourselves about them? Do we listen to the corrupt thoughts Or do we listen to the higher spiritual Daniel thoughts? When we go in prayer, when we lift ourselves up in our consciousness, we move out of the material third dimension where all the stuff is happening that causes anguish. And we move up into a fifth dimension of a higher vibration where we are light and we know it where we are eternal, where there is nobody can kill who we are. Yes, they can kill our bodies, and sometimes that happens. And for all of us, it will happen at some point. But the who of who we are, that remains eternal. That remains a light that never goes out. In that space of light, divine ideas are flowing all the time. Charles Fillmore said, Ideas are divine currency. So, down here on the third dimension, with all the corrupt thoughts, we think that we are in lack. We think well, I don't have a job, or my bank account is treacherously low. And we think we are in danger, and we need protection from that. We need someone to step in from the government, or a friend, or family, or somebody protect us. But up here, on the higher vibration that Daniel represents, there are ideas flowing all the time. There is a beautiful idea for each one of us right now. We are not here on this planet at this time just accidentally. We didn't just wander in and say, hey, what's up? We came here on purpose. We came here as beings of light into the confinements of material form to be part of the transformation that is in the process of happening. And we need to be more than warm bodies. We need to be fully engaged spiritual beings who are listening to the divine ideas that are ours and taking action upon them. It isn't enough to say, whoa, that's a great idea. Uh Uh-uh. Take action. Because along with the divine idea, if you keep listening, comes all the how-tos. I was listening to Elizabeth Gilbert, I believe it was, who was talking about inspiration. And she said, a lot of people, this was within the context of writing, that she was speaking, but you can take it with ideas. A lot of people are looking for something cosmic, like, you know, God speaking in the movie Moses, you know, whoa, here it comes in with this big announcement of what you are to do. But she said, it's not like that. It's almost never like that. Instead, it's about following a trail of breadcrumbs. Like you see, you see one over there, and it's like, Oh, that idea. Let me, let me act on that. And then you find the next one. And then you find the next one. But the key is who are you listening to? Are you in prayer and meditation listening to the spiritual source of your being? Are you listening to that spiritual f- source that is transforming our world as we speak? Are you listening to that, or are you over here listening to the disaster channel, which is telling you what to be afraid of, when to be afraid, why to be afraid, how to be afraid? What are you listening to? So yes, we do use PPE. But let's use it from a place Of love and caring. Every time you put on a mask, every time you stay inside instead of going outside, let it be a sacrifice from our hearts that we say this is for the people on the front line. This is to keep them safe so they don't have a tsunami of sick people showing up at once. We do this as an act of solidarity, not as an act of fear. Nothing can change that we are a community and our immunity comes in community as we reach to one another through the heart and through the spirit. That is the source of our protection. There will be the dark forests in our lives where we get frightened. That isn't going to change. The material plane is all about illusion, illusions of fear. But no matter what forest we walk through, no matter what lions we face, no matter what viruses come along, we can always turn to that higher power It's right there. Open the windows of your soul and face the Jerusalem of love that is there as Daniel modeled in this story. Because when we do that, when we do that, we lift up not only ourselves in safety, but our whole world. And that's what we are here for at this time on Planet Earth. Namaste.
0: For his age is wise, his God, his mother's eyes, his gladness in his heart, he's young and he's wild. My only prayer if i can be there lord protect my child as his youth now unfolds Lord, protect my child, the whole world is asleep, you can look at it and weep, a few things you find are worthwhile. touch, Lord, protect my child, he's young and on fire, full of hope and desire. Oh